Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you are well. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about how we can kind of move forward if it feels like when we look around, everyone's doing the same thing. So if your market is crowded, if you feel that your market is saturated, what can we do? You know, so I'm going to dive into this. Before I do a little quick note, if you're not jumping onto the daily blog, if you're not getting the daily blog, you're missing out. The daily blog is the original December 12, 2017, every day, short little email comes out. And what it does also is it opens up a ton of really cool conversations. So people will reply and I always return the reply back. So jump over to my website, you can grab that one. Uh, and it's also where a lot of the thought kernels start or a lot of the learning happens uh, that you then see into the podcast and other areas. So let's get stuck in. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. Okay, so in the late 1990s, email marketing was brand new, permission-based email marketing where you would sign up to something and then you would receive an email. And it was so new and so uncrowded that the open rates were 70, 80, 90%. People opened all of their emails because there wasn't much there. So one would come and it would be like, wow, this is cool. I'm going to open this up. It was new. 2005, the first YouTube video was uploaded. Everyone watched it. It's the only one. Of course, we're now in 2020. People are getting way too many emails. They go to the junk automatically in many cases. YouTube is getting millions of minutes uploaded daily, hourly, secondly, most likely. It is so crowded, not just on these online platforms as a whole, but even within each niche. So offline and online, we're seeing a lot of what's called market saturation, so saturated market. So whether you're a yoga teacher, whether you're a trainer, coach, uh, service-based business, cafe, the chances are your market is pretty saturated. And so what we can start to feel as a creator, as an owner, is this kind of tension that creeps in. And the tension is when you look around and it'll feel like everyone's copying you. It always feels like people are copying you, right? What we really see when we move around is we everyone starts to copy each other. You'll look sideways, you'll see the same thing. You'll look sideways, same thing. You might be a personal trainer or a coach and you'll just see the same stuff coming out all over the place. This is a sign, right? This is a sign because what you're seeing is the communications being reported uh, replicated. So this gives clues as to brand uh, similarities and this gives clues as to underlying vehicle similarities. So similar businesses. And so what do we do? You know, if this is happening. If we see this, if we're starting to notice this, maybe get a little frustrated by it, uh, feel a little bit sort of squeezed by it. What do we do? So let's take a look. Let's dive into three specific things we can look at to begin with. The first one is to redefine what you think is your market, okay? So if your market is saturated, if there's a lot of sharks in the water, a lot of blood in the water, what we do is we, we take our market and we just make it smaller. We go, we ask the question, have I chosen what 
Seth Godin would call the smallest viable audience. Have I niched down enough? Are the people that I seek to serve in a small little group or have I come out the gate trying to help everybody? You know, and I've worked with businesses who are brand new as well as businesses who have been in the game for 10 plus years. And at both ends of those spectrum, I've seen a lot of people who want to help everybody, who their, their product is good, their service is good, they have great intention. And so when we start to dive into who is their niche, what's who's their super niche, who are they working, who's their tribe, uh, they want to say it's everyone who wants to be healthy, it's everyone who wants to be happy. And what this means is that they haven't defined their market They've kept it broad because it feels safer. And when you keep it broad, by definition, you're stepping into a saturated market. You're jumping headfirst into a shark-infested ocean, and you're likely going to get eaten alive. Why? Because the first movers in that market, the people who have been there for a long time uh, and have probably grown because first movers or the market leaders always do well have a huge amount of ad spend so they got a lot of ammo a lot of ammunition to put behind their communications which we'll get to later so this means that when you go in out and try to communicate your business your change your story you're just going to get flooded there's going to be hundreds thousands of people communicating for that same little bit of bandwidth that same message that same tone and a lot of those people communicating will have the ability to amplify their communications through big ad budgets okay so you don't want that you want to go narrow you want to find your tribe okay you want to find the people that you seek to serve so that's the first step as we talk we go to the who who is it for Who's this work for? What are you trying to do? Who's the specific audience? Uh, I call this your super niche. It requires work because it requires empathy. It asks you to cultivate empathy for this audience and understand their worldviews, understand the change that they want, who they want to become. So that's the first step. Go back through what's called the super niche framework. Uh, There's a lot of different niche frameworks that you can find. If you want the super niche framework, that's up on my site. It's free. You can just go through it. It's nine questions. It's not easy. It's going to take a little bit of time because guess what? It takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of work to narrow down, to get clear, right? But it's worth it because now we stepped out of a super saturated market with thousands of people in it. And we defined the small audience and defined a narrower niche. So we've got uh, what's often referred to as a blue ocean or a smaller niche to play with, okay? Smaller segment, smaller customer segment, so less people. Because realistically, there's still going to be a lot of them. People get afraid when we go narrow or small. This concept of a small audience uh, can frighten people but it's the smallest viable audience. So you're still going to have plenty of people to serve. Uh, To be honest, I don't think I've ever come across someone who's gone too narrow and not have the ability to generate the revenue that they seek uh, because 
there's just so many million billions of us on earth that is pretty easy to reach okay so that's step one super niche go narrow on your niche if you're trying to serve everybody you're going to serve nobody because you're going to be flooded with competition if you haven't niched down you haven't gotten clear on this you're going to be feeling a squeeze already uh number two step number two is you need to really step into a posture of innovation People think about innovation as this, you know, once-off thing that they do once in a while. What we're talking about here is an ongoing posture. So something that we do, we commit to. We commit to bringing creative bravery into our work. So there's a couple ways we can uh, go about this. One is that we need to extract ourselves from the continual cycle of social media and communications and other people's stuff. If you're constantly plugged in, there's too many inputs into the brain, into the mind, and it makes it very hard for you to innovate. You can get inspiration in this way, but it's then important to go away and close this stuff down so you can create some space, some bandwidth for new ideas and new creativity to come through. Okay, the other thing that can be really helpful for innovation is we don't innovate. We're not as creative when we're stressed. So if you're on the rivet, if you're back to back to back to back, it's very unlikely you're going to be opening into full creativity and full innovation. So taking some time doing what's called like a work retreat, putting some boundaries in place to create some space to downregulate the nervous system and move into this place that you can then create more powerfully, innovate more powerfully, bring in the creative bravery. Okay, number three is this concept of building brand. And we've talked about this, you're building brand whether you know it or not. It's just, are you conscious about it? Are you doing it with intent? And we need to look at a couple of factors here. We're going to refer to the godfather of brand. I've mentioned this guy before, Marty Neumeyer. He's written some great books. Uh, one in particular is called Zag. And he talks about uh, four elements of brand. So before we jump in, we need to recognize that as the market gets more and more saturated, the importance of your brand, the power of your brand it increases because there's more choices, there's more selection. So it's more and more important that you have brand, that you'll recognize that people are able to, uh, you know, remember who you are and and there's brand salience, there's front of mind nature to your business, to you and to the work that you do. So brand, we have four categories or four areas we can look at very quickly. One is understanding the trend or the uh, underlying trends that you're a part of and identifying with these. Number two is we need to understand your focus. Okay, so this typically comes back in service businesses. This typically comes back to your skill set, your backstory, your ability to create change. What's your unique focus? Where are you going to dive into most powerfully? Is it uh, intimate one-on-one -on -one engagement because you're very good at interpersonal skills and very good at holding space with people? Is it online platforms because you're great at content creation and you want to reach a lot of people? What's your focus? Third, what's your difference? 
In the Access Potential Academy, we do a lot of work on origin story. So your origin story as a human, understanding, accepting, bringing gratitude to our backstory, to our origin story, so that we can see our own individuality, our own points of difference. And from here, we can infuse this into our work. And this is really, really powerful. Once you know your story, you're no longer competing. Uh, This is part of brand. Your difference is part of brand. So your difference as a business, your difference as a human, your personal story, bringing all of this out is really, really powerful. Uh, and then finally, number four, these are these three are wrapped up in the last one, which is communications. So your willingness and ability to communicate these things uh, prolifically to your audience and contextually and in a way that's authentic and organic. So communications is really key. The question to ask yourself is, Am I regularly getting this stuff out there? Am I active? Am I communicating on the relevant platforms to my tribe? To be able to build brand, to be able to be recognized in the crowded market, which now is not so crowded because you've niched down further. Okay, so that's it. Those are the big three. If your market's feeling crowded, chances are it is. Most markets are. Brand is becoming very, very important. And the steps that we take are, one, make sure that we are clear on the people that we seek to serve, our super niche. You can get that framework from the website if you want it. Number two, dive into innovation, creative bravery. Make sure you're creating some space for yourself to do this. If you're constantly plugged in, It's impossible to really innovate. You're going to end up just copying, even without meaning to. It's just going to be what happens. Number three, commit to building brand. Uh, This is why we're so big on content creation, on communications in the Access Potential Academy program, because long term, you need to have brand, you need to have recognition uh, and people knowing who you are if you're looking to stand out in an ever-increasingly crowded and saturated marketplace. Hopefully that helps. If you are feeling squeezed, it's typically not a bad thing. It's a good thing because it can spur you into action, into awareness around this stuff. And you can start to take the steps to stand out. Thank you so much for listening. Send any questions along, john at johntmarsh.com. I always look forward to receiving them and I can answer them on a future episode. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you very much and I'll see you on the next one.